Hi guys, Amy Lane here, and I've got something a little bit different for you today. If you miss the longer episodes of the Welfare Podcast, as I know you do because you keep telling me in my DMs, then today's show is right up your street. We're going to share an episode of Why I Run by Red Bull, which is hosted by Erin Azar and Ayo Akinwaleri. You may have heard him sharing his most memorable run on the pod last Monday. If you haven't, pop back to that show. It's a good one. Why I Run celebrates the extraordinary and everyday stories of running. It's something that I've fallen in love with recently. This special episode features podcasters Marcus Brown and Helen Thorne, who share the importance of running to celebrate yourself. A message that resonates so well with us here at Welfare Daily. Another thing that I absolutely love about this podcast is that it promotes the Wings for Life World Run happening on the 7th of May 2023. It's an event where you run with thousands of people around the world at the exact same time and you'll be doing all that running not only for yourself but for a good cause. 100% of your entry fee goes into spinal cord research to help find a cure for spinal cord injury. I love listening to Why I Run because it really suits runners of any level. It's really accessible and great to pop in your ears when you head out for a run. I hope you enjoy the episode. You can listen to Why I Run wherever you get your podcasts. And to find out more about the Wings for Life World Run, head to the link in the show notes. Why I Run. This is my time. It's, it's Helen time. Why do you run? to enjoy myself, to celebrate myself. The buzz I get from running is like no other sport I've experienced. Enjoy myself sounds really weird, doesn't it, to honest? <laughs> it's season two of the Why I Run podcast from Red Bull. Running has been really healing, and I think the more I run, the happier I become. Hi, everyone. This is the Why I Run podcast from Red Bull. I'm Ayo Akinwaleri. And I'm Aaron Azar. I'm super pumped to bring you another episode of this awesome series that explores my favorite pastime, running. And we're going to get straight into it today because we are bringing you not one, but two guests, which means this episode is jam-packed full of running goodness. Yeah, it's a full episode because it's a big theme Today's theme is I run to celebrate myself, and as you're about to hear, this can mean something different for everybody, including our first guest, Marcus Brown. Marcus is a running coach and host of the incredible podcast, A Runner's Life, which we were both actually guests on last year. As a podcast host, Marcus is an expert on connecting with his guests, and as a coach, he's a master of motivating everyone around him. Self-love, however, is something he's had to master gradually over time, with a little help, of course, from our good friend, Running. Okay, Marcus, I can't wait to talk about all things running and what you've been up to, but, you know, straight away, I just need to ask you, why do you run? So the reason why I run is for, I guess, initially it's changed. Initially, I started because I was running to try to manage some things within myself uh, and almost running away from myself. But running has helped me move uh, more closer towards myself. It's helped me celebrate myself, especially when I ran Boston 2018. I realized that I actually had something inside myself that I could really harness and anchor. So that's the reason why I run uh, to, to enjoy myself, to celebrate myself. 
Enjoy myself sounds really weird, doesn't it, Twinis? <laughs> I don't think it sounds weird, actually. I really okay. don't, honestly. I okay. I like that answer. I'm. I mean, I'm all about celebrating everything, including yeah. myself. So <laughs> I totally get it. Can you can you sort of talk about what prompted you to start running, and what about running specifically? You know, made you intrigued and think I'm going to put these shoes on and just start running. I didn't really like running growing up at school. I didn't see the point of it. I was really more into team sports like football and rugby and things like that because that's what my friends were doing. None of us really kind of really related to runners. We just thought like it's just like a bunch of skinny dudes in really short shorts running around the vest. Like why would you do that? Um, and and I've turned into one of those dudes. I don't know what happened. Um, <laughs> but basically, I had a friend who went to, he was at university in Europe and he came back and he's like, oh, I've done this half marathon. Right. Um, he's like, you should you should do it. I was like, no, I don't think I should. Um, and then it was kind of more of like an ego thing. It's like, I bet you couldn't do a 10K. I was like, oh, oh well, now you said I couldn't do it. I was like, well, I'm going right. to try and do it. And he came back with a race in, in London and yeah, it was uh, the, my first experience of, of doing a race and I really didn't enjoy the training. I remember even just running from like lamppost to lamppost, it was really hard. You know, you, you've left university and you think that like, you've still got it and you're like, your body's like, you, you really haven't got it. And I just oh, felt no. like, <laughs> you know, you're just like yeah. gasping for rain. It's like, I'm in my early twenties. <laughs> this should not be happening. <laughs> and I was just like, this is ridiculous. So yeah, so for me, doing this race was amazing because I remember doing it and it wasn't really about the time or finishing. I still couldn't even tell you what my finishing time was. It's more about the sense of achievement that I had when I completed it and crossed the line. And that was just amazing. It was a feeling that no one could take away from me that I'd achieved. It was that first feel good feeling. But, and I think one of my downhills from there was that I was then trying to chase that feeling and do more races and more races. And it's something I see especially a lot of people that get into running today that they, they feel like like unless they're running a marathon or unless they're doing an ultra or unless they're constantly doing races, they're not a runner. And it's not the case. You don't need to be doing races to prove that you're a runner. You can just run for fun and not have to do a race. It's so interesting. So really running for you started basically as a challenge. I mean, yeah. and then when you finish that race, so that wasn't that long of a time. It's from the challenge to the finish. You really had a shift in mindset about running. Like, it seems like you wanted to keep chasing that. Um, was there also a shift in the length of your running shorts? Did they start long and then end up shorter now? <laughs> they started long. <laughs> um, and I don't know what happened, really. I just feel like... <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous, um, though, because, like, you're... Like, when you're running, it kind of makes sense. But then when mm -hmm. you stop running and you're just, like, afterwards, it's just, like, a dude wearing his boxer shorts and a vest. <laughs> so random. It is like, please get me some real clothes. Well, you know what? You know what? This episode is about celebrating yourself and we are celebrating the short running shorts too. All Absolutely. The whole shebang. So. The, short, the short shebang, basically. Not, yeah, not yeah, to celebrate. yeah. I love it. I love it okay. though. Okay, Io. perhaps the biggest question you'll ever be asked and I can't believe it's taken until episode seven of season two to ask Come this. On, break it down. What is it? Here we go. Short shorts or long shorts when running? Oh, good question. Okay. Race day, good conditions, short shorts. I like to think I'm an athlete, but I'm really not. Uh, cold day, <laughs> training, run. 
Short shorts with leggings on. Oh. Underneath. Decent run, regular day, you know, pretty chilled run, long shorts. But I do have a particular gripe when it comes to, like, lower body attire. Okay. Like, I actually watch people run with, like, actual jogging pants or jogging, like, the, the thick, like, cotton ones. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what happens when it rains? Like, you're literally just dragging, <laughs> like, yeah. cloth with you. I'm just, I've never really understood that. I thought that kind of went out in the 80s, but I think, that, like, they're making a comeback now or something. Yeah, I mean, I'll wear straight-up sweatpants to run, but <laughs> not if it's raining. Yeah, yeah, Even yeah, yeah, I yeah, won't respect. do that. Yeah, it's too much weight to it's it's a hard enough to run and then you're, you know, trying to lift your heavy legs. Yeah, the slimmer the better for me. That's the way I look at it. The slimmer the okay, better. Okay, good to know. So your <laughs> attire really depends what kind of run you're going on. Exactly. Pretty you much. You wear both. Okay. Yeah. And as Marcus explained how he got into running so well, I feel like it might be a nice moment to recap our running origin stories too. So when did you first get into running, Io? Yeah, so, I mean, I've, I've kind of run all my life on and off. And, you know, I used to do long runs. I used to, you know, I used to run track or athletics, as, you, yeah, as we call it over here in, in the UK when I was at school. And then I sort of went out of love for it, started playing lots of football. And then, like, I found the Rondem crew, which was like this crew in East London of loads of people who love to run or come together because they've got to run or they want to run or, or love to run. Um, and I, I was going through like a, a pretty low point in my life at that point. Mental health was kind of all over the place. And it was just really good to have this space to turn up to. And then, you know, that kickstarted what seems like a, a has been a, a lifelong uh, obsession or a lifelong journey with running. What about you? Yeah, I mean, mine really started later in life after I had three kids, I was just like, I kind of lost myself a bit, which I think happens to a lot of Mm -hmm. moms or really parents in general sometimes. So mine kind of came out like some desperation, like I have to get out of the house and I have to move Mm -hmm. my body. And we didn't have a gym or anything like that. So I just went out and ran, you know, and felt some relief and came back a bit happier. And I was like, whoa, I kind of need to keep this going. So mm-hmm. mine is really, I think, like a, a lifelong thing to just keep me going, keep me happy. And, you know, then I think what happens is you just find community in it. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing mm-hmm. that, you know, keeps you coming back. Um, mm-hmm. Now, would you say you've noticed a shift in in how much you celebrated yourself since you started running? Yeah, hugely. And I sort of think about some of the stuff a lot of runners say to me. And um, I think last time we were on Marcus's podcast, he said about, we were talking about times, right? And what having times and looking at times meant. And for me, yeah, like I used to really obsess about times and I really wasn't congratulating myself or celebrating myself. If anything, I was going the other way because if you didn't get the right time, then you'd be like, what did I do wrong? Or that was a really bad run. Now I'm just enjoying the run everything's mm-hmm. a celebration. Getting out the front door is a celebration, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know, <laughs> making a, 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 a kilometre, two kilometres, 10 kilometres. It's all a celebration. The fact you got out of the door is the greatest celebration. What about you? Yeah, I kind of had, you know, followed the same trajectory. It was in the beginning, not necessarily about times, but more like, oh my gosh, I don't have, you know, the right gear or I, I don't really know what I'm doing or why do my shins hurt so bad? Mm. Over time, things, you just figure things out. And yeah, now I'm at the point where I'm like, all right, I have a three mile run today. Oh, I only did one mile. Hey, good job anyway. You know, and I, <laughs> I kind of congratulate myself because like that. you said, it is a little hard getting 
out the door. And as I mentioned before, I feel like running is essential for a bit of alone time, which is always cause for celebration as a mom. Someone who knows exactly what I'm talking about is comedian and scummy mummy Helen Thorne. Helen is one half of the sensational Scummy Mommy podcast, which is a breath of fresh air when you need to feel understood as a parent. She is also a huge advocate for using running as a way to treat yourself. So me and Io thought we'd both chat to her to find out how she does it. Hi, Helen. We're so excited to have you here. Let's just jump right into it. And can you tell us why do you run? I run because I want to celebrate myself. I completely have fallen in love with running and I love what it gives me. So when I go out, uh, it's just all about me. You know, it sounds really selfish, but, you know, no. <laughs> but um, uh, as a, I, I'm a comedian uh, full time. So I'm giving mm. to audiences. I'm a mum full time, a single mum, in fact. And I give to my children. I give to everyone and I like to run by myself. And so when I'm out there pounding the pavements or, you know, going up and down uh, a beach or whatever, it, this is my time. It's it's Helen time. Mm. And, I, you know, in the last three years, I've got faster and faster. And uh, I, I've just enjoyed the whole process and the, need I say, journey that has been uh, what, what's been going on, really. What happens, I think. I think journeys has accidentally happened. <laughs> I love, I was waiting for someone to drop the word journey. It's a big oh, one. Oh, come on. The Two journey minutes you're in. on. <laughs> Two yeah, minutes in. What's a, what's a journey, synonym right? for that? I can never find a different word. Let's just say I journey. Know. <laughs> journey. Advent- we just get all the journeys out. Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so I think in the last two years I've lost 30 kilos, which I think is about five stone. And so it's been a combination wow. of both weight loss and running and and all those sort of things Mm. and gaining confidence. And I went through a really horrific um, divorce. And so running has been really healing. And I think the more I run, the happier I become. Mm. I think I've been really upfront. You know, I still occasionally smoke party fags. I drink too much. I eat kebabs. Uh, But I've shown that you don't have to start off being a size 10 and a gym bunny and all those sort of things that that running will naturally, you know, if you put your mind to it, you can can have this beautiful relationship with it and you don't have to look a certain way, you don't have to be a certain way. And, you know, I've got a slightly chaotic uh, approach to running, but it's given me so much, so much I didn't know that I needed in a way. I can relate to having a chaotic Mm. approach to running, that's for sure. Sure. Um, but let, let's go back to, uh, I'm just going to say journey again, just for Io. Uh, when, when you, let's go back to the beginning of your running journey. Why Why did you start running in the first place? I started running because um, I could see that there was a bit of a shift in me in terms of my children were a bit older. I had a little bit more time on my hands and I wanted to do some exercise that kind of got me out of the house as well. Like I think running is a beautiful and a legitimate excuse to say I just need to be by myself for half an hour right it feels like you can't Mm -hmm. just say look don't talk to me for half an hour I'm going to lock myself in a room but if you say you're going for a run it doesn't matter how fast or slow you are you're having time to yourself you're outside you're getting you know all the lovely endorphins and and you're you're doing it for your mental health so I think it sort of started that way Mm. but I I love the Facebook groups I the more I sort of 
delved into the social media aspect of running, I just found this beautiful community. And I think that's the same across the board. Doesn't matter how old you are, what background, when you start running, you feel this Mm. sort of, you know, warm, comforting kind of community. And I I love that people champion Mm. any speed and any distance. That's, That's what I'm here for. Social media, look, I I dabble in it for sure, but you're more of a heavyweight in it than I am, Erin. Can you relate to what Helen's saying? Do you find social media helps motivate you to run more? You know, when I started posting my struggle run videos, as I call them, Mm. (laughs) it was more to, I think, just find other people that were finding it very difficult to start running. But as that evolved and my community grew more and more, I think... That's more motivating to me now in a sense of more like, okay, I go on a run and I want to post it because I want to see what everyone else is doing. Like, did you guys have a good run today? Or we're like, oh, was your run really crap too? Because I (laughs) had a really hard time. Mm. So, yeah, I can relate a lot of, you know, what Helen says here about social media, but also about how running doesn't discriminate. Yeah. When I first started running, I wasn't in the best shape. I didn't have the best gear. Mm. I just felt like I wasn't doing things right, you know. But it didn't take me long to realize that none of that matters when you're running. It's just you, your feet, and the cornfields, in my case. (laughs) And you're just free from judgment, free from the kids. And honestly, best of all, you're free from the judgment of your kids Mm. because they can be pretty harsh sometimes. (laughs) Look, I tell you what, it it sounds like a great cause for celebration. If you ask me a real talk, sounds like you've really found yourself through running. Yeah. And and that's the thing about celebration. It's, it's causes are different for everybody and they don't always have to come from happier times. In fact, some of the best reasons to celebrate come from harder times and long journeys, just going to keep saying journeys of (laughs) self-discovery. You had to get one more in there, didn't you? You really did. (laughs) Just say it once more. Journey. Journey. So we kind of talked about that shift, like from why you started running and then you finished that race and you're, you know, thinking this is something you want to keep doing. How have the reasons for your running changed over time? Was, Was there any sort of shift in why you run? I mean, I use running, I think, at the start as a way to kind of make myself feel better about myself because there was things that I didn't feel great about myself. I didn't have a, a certain anchor, I'd say. And it's only so long that you can run away from yourself for before it catches up. And I think I got to that point and then you, you try to pretend you've not got there and you just keep running some more and then you, you know, get, get a bigger shiny medal and then keep running mm-hmm. and then you fall over again. So it's uh, it's definitely been a process for me. Can you go more into that? And when did that change for you? It's the the podcast that actually had the biggest impact to me, unbeknownst to myself, because I started off thinking, look, I'm going to do it because I really want to find the secret. And spoiler alert, there is no secret. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and it wasn't until like a late episode with a, with a with the guy's a good friend that sort of really helped me, a guy called Blair Wilson. And he's running a lot of marathon for, I think, an autism charity. And he spoke about Asperger's at the time. I, was, I didn't really understand what Asperger's was. And I was just like, he sounds like me in some of the situations he's experiencing, especially through misunderstanding probably some social cues or just the way you communicate can be quite direct and certain things. As I said, the more he spoke, I was like, this sounds more like me. But because we're in a podcast, it's not my time to be like, hey, everyone, can we stop and just do my own counseling (laughs) session? You know, it's just like... I think I would like that actually as a listener, (laughs) but maybe not everyone, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
but yeah, I, I, let, I let him hold his space. And then afterwards, I was just like, can you tell me a little bit more? Because I had a lot of misconceptions about what neurodiversity meant um, in, in terms of autism, in terms of just like, you would think like someone can't leave the house, you know, they need really a lot of help or they're just some sort of blinding intellectual genius. And it's the people in the middle of that spectrum, the people that pass through that as neurotypical um, that have to mask and, you know, work through things. And I was, you know, I'm one of those people that, you know, present and people often say it to me like, oh, you know, you don't come across like you're autistic. I'm like, in my head, I'm like, what does that mean? Like, right. it just sort of says about your own judgments about it and my own judgments about it. And can you tell us about how you felt when you received that diagnosis? So, you know, getting that diagnosis was really helpful and, and understanding myself. And mm-hmm. it's had such a, a better impact for my mental health because before that, I just didn't know what the reason why I couldn't relate to things or the challenges I had were in relation to the autism not being picked up as opposed to I was just depressed for like no reason or had anxiety Mm -hmm. for no reason. So you got this diagnosis when you started running after this, did it feel different? Were you now doing it for a different reason? Were you finding more joy in it? Or did it kind of feel the same, but more therapeutic? It's a good question. So the lesson I've learned from running is like, stay in it. Mm-hmm. Like when we're running, we like to think that like, it's easy for other people, but it's hard for us. You know, it, mm-hmm. it, it's a terrible day for us, but you know, it's easy for other people. We all kind of feel similar experiences no matter how quick that we go. And I think that's the gift that running actually, I think about it, has given me and actually ties into what we spoke about. Just stay in it. Whereas before, I just run away. Wow, that's really profound. Because when we started this conversation, it was very much about running from yourself. Yeah. And now you're using those words like staying in it. When you know something's uncomfortable, you're staying in it and seeing you know what you can learn from it. And if that isn't to be celebrated, I don't know what is because that is such a massive shift in perspective. Thank you. So I feel like from the beginning of your running until now, you've been through so much and you've learned so much about yourself and even how you can better understand yourself through running. What could you say to you know myself and our audience about how we can better understand ourselves through running? I mean, one of the things that I, when I got into running, you think you need to hit certain times and then you get these times and afterwards you're just like, okay, but I'm still left with, with me. And if you don't like <laughs> you, then there's no point chasing more times. And then you have to ask yourself the question why you're chasing those times. Like, why is that goal important to you? Just because your friend wants to do it doesn't mean that you need to do it. You've got to, you know, enjoy your running. Oh, wow. Such such powerful stuff. Like, what an amazing story. Really happy to hear how far Mark has actually come and can totally relate to some of the things he, he's saying in there. You know, I mean, for me, finding an anchor uh, in running has been really key. Uh, I'm quite neurodiverse. I've, I've got ADHD and sometimes my, you know, my mood fluctuates a lot and running just brings me back. I know it will. The moment I'm feeling a bit low, I go for a run, endorphins go sky high, I'm buzzing, I feel so much more positive about things. You know, it really has added uh, to how I live my life, really, in in many respects. And I really, with him on that idea of having an anchor or it giving him an anchor, it's really, really powerful. What about you? Any experiences around sort of neurodiversity or any of the learnings that you took from um, Marcus? 
Yeah, actually, the anchor analogy really drew me in. And I, I love that because sometimes I agree, like you can get really, I don't know, just like feeling off or super distracted mm-hmm. or um, really stuck on something. And it's this is just a way of like bringing you back. And mm-hmm. I find that, um, you know, sometimes we talk about like that flow state that you can get in with yeah. running. I often find that that's when this happens is like when I use running as an anchor. So it's clear to see from Marcus how great running can make you feel if you know how to let it, which is something it seems Helen has mastered beautifully. Has running allowed you to find you, or I guess the bigger one is, has it allowed you to find a new you, which is probably more important? Yeah, and I think that's such a interesting sort of insight into what running can give you in terms of that confidence. And I find that the confidence that I've got from running and making decisions and making deadlines and being really strict about training and and really respecting my body comes now into my work and how I, you know, I, I'm now a single woman, so I'm dating and I have much more self-respect and self-worth. Mm. You know, I walk taller and I I have that belief in myself that I can do things. I don't I don't hide behind and I and I say no to things. It has been a real transformation and it, and it's and also I know that I get so much from running that I don't look for it in other things. Like I've really cut back on my drinking and I've worked with a nutritionist just to kind of re-establish my relationship with food because food became this crutch for me after the divorce. And of course you kind of eat your feelings, don't you? And now I run mm. my feelings, you know, I, and I hope that doesn't sound too cheesy, but if I'm a bit stressed or if I've had a, a you know, difficult time, I'm like, if I just run 10K, I will feel like a different person afterwards. And, I, and it's a sort of a management tool as well. Or if I've got I've got a date with a new bloke, I sometimes go for a quick 5K run just to kind of get the nerves out. And as beforehand, I would have had two gin and tonics. So it's sort of this a magical kind of thing that, you know, allows me to be better. Mm. And, and and then this month I'm on the front cover of Women's Running Magazine. Like I'm a cover girl. Will you just stop dropping these amazing bombs of oh. genius and... Oh, sorry, sorry. Did I did I, did I just did I just pick this up? Do you want to... <laughs> it's just casually running. She's bought the magazine up. <laughs> I yeah. love it. Celebrate yourself. Come on, celebrate yourself. Yes. I love it. Wow, bringing a magazine out with your face on the front cover huge power move and speaking of big power moves and huge power moves we've had some more sign-ups come through for the wings for life world run these past couple of weeks go on you guys amazing yeah signing up for this race is the biggest power move you could do in my opinion (laughs) but for those that don't know the wings for life world run is happening on the 7th of may It's a great worldwide event that sees all proceeds go to the Wings for Life Foundation, which is raising money for spinal cord injury research. Well, me and Erin actually ran it last year, and it is such a unique run. It's not your average race. In this race, which can be run in person or virtually on the app, you are chased by a catcher car, which is released 30 minutes after the race starts. Yeah, the faster you go, the longer the race lasts. Not that I'll be going that fast, to be honest. (laughs) Look, fair enough. I I can't call times this year. So we are gathering a team of people to join us this year on our very own Why I Run podcast team. We're asking our guests from each show, but also all of you guys at home. So if you feel like doing a really fun run for a fantastic cause, why not sign up and register for our team? 
The sign-up link can be found in the episode's description. And if you do sign up, we'd love to hear about it. You can contact us at WFL World Run on Instagram, or why not even just leave us a nice little Apple review like one <laughs> listener did? Yes, Eleanor from London says, just registered for the Wings for Life World Run and signed up to join your team. I love the podcast, so I'm really excited. I've even downloaded the app so I can practice not being caught by the catcher car. Wish me luck. Well, good luck, Eleanor. And also really good plan getting the practice in really early so you know what race conditions or run conditions might feel like. Look, the Wings of Life World Run app is free to download and a good place to do training with a virtual catcher car that chases you after a given time. It's really the perfect virtual coach for the race. So give it a download for sure. And on the topic of coaches, here's Marcus. You are also a qualified coach. You became a qualified coach in January. So congratulations on that. Have you seen this kind of shift happen in, in any of your, of the people that you coach? Ultimately, I think for me, and I, I want all my athletes to enjoy running, and I never want to like push them to do something that they don't want to do. Mm-hmm. If there's a goal that they want to do, don't get me wrong, I'm not going to pussyfoot around it. I'm going to tell them where they're slacking that they need to pick up in certain ways, mm-hmm. and you know they respect that. But you do it in a respectful way. But ultimately, I want them to enjoy running. I want them to be able to learn the stuff that I'm giving them, but also to trust their bodies, to be able to take what I've got and then be able to be like, at some point, I don't actually need you. Because that's the, the point of a good coach. That at some mm-hmm. point, they don't need you to get to, to work forward. So yeah, it's down to you and whether you enjoy it. I think that's the most important thing I want people to leave this conversation with. Yeah, I think that's amazing. I, I do feel like eventually after chasing, you know, a PR or a certain time, um, there is that drop off. I've, I've seen a lot of people um, mention that where they're like, okay, well, now what? And if they don't have that drive to keep going for a more, a deeper reason, then they lose joy in it. So, yeah, thank you for being, you know, open and accepting to all types of runners, which as a coach, that's super important. So, um, I do have a final, very important question for you, Marcus. Are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Will you join the Why I Run podcast team in the Wings for Life World Run? Absolutely. I'm in. Woo! <laughs> Members joining the team. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Marcus just sounds like the best coach, doesn't he? I wish I could get coached by him. You London dwellers get all the fun. What you were talking about, you Pennsylvania dwellers get all the cornfields and the cows. Come on, you're (laughs) the real winner here. I mean, yeah, you know, that's true. (laughs) I'm glad we agree. And you're also (laughs) winning, listen to this, the guest sign-up race recently too, Erin. So far, you've got Lucy Charles Barkley, Jarek Ewan and Marcus to agree to join our team. And I'm just one under with Hazanda here and also Jimmy Spittle. So come on, Helen. Don't let me down. There's a massive run happening on the 7th of May, um, the Wings <gasps> oh, for Life yes. World Run. And um, and, and basically, me and Erin, well, we did it for the first time last year. It was amazing. And I did it yeah. solo, um, which is great because I was being chased by this catcher car. But the, the big one for us is we're trying to build a team for this thing, right? Would you join us? I mean, you yeah. can't say anything bad because we're right in front of you looking like really googly eyed. But please, would you join <laughs> us? I love 
to. I would absolutely love to. Yeah, and yeah. I, was like, I, I was hoping you would ask me because I've listened to the other podcast. Like, <laughs> Imagine if we hadn't. She'd be like, oh, great. Yeah, cool. <laughs> I, it's a bit like dating. I was a bit too keen, too quick. I haven't, yeah. I haven't played the game. <laughs> No, yeah. but seriously, would you do it? Would you be up for it? Oh, I'd love to. Yay. I just, I love the whole concept of, you know, all on the same day, however long you can do, mm. have a fast. It's so inclusive and, and what a beautiful thing as well. So, yeah. Okay, so I'll give you that win, Io, but I'd like it to be known that I was in that interview too and just as capable of asking her, but you know, you need this one more than me, so I'll let you take it. You know, that's why I'm the journalist, you know, going in for the killer question right when you need it. You snooze your loser and you just got to get in there. Time waits for nobody. We still have a few more episodes to go. Don't forget. So all I can say is watch this space. I love a little competition. Let's have it. Right. I will. And that's nearly it for today's show, actually, except for one more thing before I forget. Let's talk about a few amazing GPS drawings that have come our way since episode five of this series a few weeks ago. If you remember, our guest GPS artist, Jerick Ewan, challenged me and Erin to draw our GPS drawings using our runs. And we, in turn, challenge you at home to do the same. And you have not disappointed. Erin, go onto the Wigs for Life World Run Instagram page and look on the bit of the highlights reels that's called GPS art. Look at some of the stuff people have sent in. Take a look at this. Okay. Oh, there's some hearts. Yeah, it's a nice wow, heart. Re- a really nice heart. How did they do that? Um, some of them look a little sh- shattered, maybe a little bit. <laughs> Broken hearts. I like that. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure I believe this this certain one is a heart. Do you know, is, so is that, blue? Like, you look at the same one as me. Uh, I, I think that's like the map of France, like genuinely. Like, look, I mean... Uh, I, I but they know. just they drew a heart over it, a little. That's just sticker. a heart gif. It's a heart gif, yeah, like over the top okay. of it. Does that count? You know what? Stop us right here. Do you remember what ours looked like? Uh, yes. Um, I... Okay, so we don't have room to talk here. Um, good job, everyone. You did very well. To be fair, respect. Actually, there's a really beautiful one, which is like a Cupid's bow through a heart. That's genius. Okay, fair, fair, fair. You are the voice yeah. of reason, Erin. You're the voice of reason. That's why you're I, here. I am. I am. That's why you're Thank here. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Big thanks to everyone who had a go and sent theirs in. No matter what Io says, we are very impressed. Look, I no, come on. I, I, I just. I'm thoroughly impressed. You know, we know <laughs> firsthand how hard it is. So trust me, huge props to you all. Yes, totally. Join us next time when I'll be speaking to rock climber Emily Harrington about running to shift your perspective. Yes, yeah, such a really interesting theme, that one. It will not disappoint. But until then, bye. Yeah, see ya. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.